As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So welcome to Full Time. Uh, it is currently Wednesday, August 2nd, almost noon here in Auckland. I'm heading to Sydney tonight um, for a couple of days. And then obviously all of, I, I have so many text messages of all of my flights have been canceled um, and travel plans have been rearranged. I'm joined by Emily Olson, our editor here on the ground. Um, and we need to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. And it's hard to even know where to begin. Um, so first, let's maybe start with something lighter in that during the game last night, the fire alarm started going off. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think where we sit in the, the media tribune, right, like it's not a, a typical press box like what you think of in the U.S., they basically take over an entire section of stadiums at a World Cup, put everyone outside, we're under the roof, we're like all the noise is bouncing directly back down onto us, and all of a sudden this alarm starts going off of like, the, you should evacuate to safe areas. And everybody is just looking at each other like, are we, are we, are we going anywhere? There was no indication that it was false, like that it was a false alarm. Like it was about, I think a minute, two minutes. It was, it was three. It was the 47th minute and it kept going until yeah. the 50th. And it was just this very like calm, but definitely like disaster prep woman voice <laughs> yeah. saying like. It was the start the, of a zombie movie yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It was like this very like horrible beeping sound and then. The fire alarms have been tripped. Evacuate immediately. Yeah. Like for three minutes. Yeah. And the ref didn't do anything. Yeah, the play continued. Didn't do anything. Honestly, like the only empty seats were the people that were still in the concourse because it had happened so quickly after halftime. Right. But like, yeah. And it, I think it took about one or two minutes to get the, uh, that's just a false yeah. alarm. Yeah, there was a very long delay between announcement announcement stopping or alarm stopping and then the announcement of we're fine everything's fine continue continue to play this miserable game thank you um it's a bit of a metaphor <laughs> like let's i got a lot of comments on twitter being like yeah that sums this game up i will also like let's start 
here because I think I saw Aaron West tweet this when I woke up this morning after my three and a half hours of sleep of late, late in the match, uh, Julie Arts and Emily Sonnet went up for a header at the same time and nearly collided, yes. like nearly gave each other concussions. I think it was maybe the first or second. It was within the first three plays that Sonnet had on the field. Yeah. And that to me is such a small, strange encapsulation of every vibe around this team right now. And like, you know, obviously we we have a whole bunch of stories out on The Athletic already. I, I wrote my piece and I will be honest with you all this morning. Uh, that piece was repurposed from a They Crash Out piece that I started writing in the second half. And literally the only reason that piece did not run as I originally wrote it is because of the post. Yeah. There is. I just, I just want to add to that. Like it is everyone that believed that that goal was going to go in. Um, yeah. I will. Anna Capetta in the 90 seconds. Well, second like it was minute. a second minute of extra time. So yeah. much so that Francisco Neto, the coach of Portugal literally said in that moment, he was planning on what he was going to do in response to Vlaco responding to that being goal. a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is Portugal's coach thinking, yep, that's in. Yes. Oh crap. They're going to throw gonna everything. Yes. They're going to throw like, everything. That's yes. where we were. And yeah. that was yeah. two minutes into eight minutes of stuff. Yes. Um, I mean, Megan Rapinoe in the mix zone after the match, when asked about that moment, let out a very long F bomb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just was like yeah my international career ends right like she thought that was going in from her vantage point on the field she thought that yeah. was going in um literally i think her exact quote after that was like girl i was stressed like <laughs> and that's again we have a lot to discuss and there's also a lot of other things to still that need to happen today so we do kind of have a limited amount of time but you know i think tobin heath to be fair, has been banging this drum for a while. Every single match looks like 11 players playing 11 different games. Every single game of this World Cup. And I think we have seen warning signs of that trend. Part of it, I do think, truly has been caused by injuries, right? Like you have this team's yeah. best goal-scoring threat, Mallory Swanson, going down in a game in April. There is so little time to change the game plan after that. So I think injuries have only made this problem worse. I also want to start with the context of, I don't think we're ever going back to a time where the U.S. Women's National Team basically operates as its own club team. Those days are gone. We are not getting a designated starting 11 that you know is going to be the starting 11 all day, every day. That like The NWSL has forced their hand on that front. Those days are gone. Like You have to see adaptation on that side of it but the team and this was i think one of the big takeaways from the olympics the team has struggled to manage that transition and now we are just seeing all of this play out yeah i think it, i mean you say that we won't know starting 11 but vlaco used the same starting 11 <laughs> two times in a row and yeah. then the changes that he did make were adding rosavellen who needed to was be a, would like, have been a starter in any normal world and then not carrying an injury into the tournament exactly and then Lynn Williams, who arguably that's where he got quote unquote creative with his starting lineup. And um, I actually think 
had Lynn Williams gotten more time in previous games, maybe some of those chances that she had didn't go in because you, you think about the header she had on the cross from Sophia yep. in the first half and the, I don't remember where it came from, but she had one right in front of goal that yes. went directly to Pereira into right. her hands right. easily. And so you do have to, I mean, it's retrospect, but you do have to wonder if she was, had a little bit more form under her was, was in playing. front of goal and yep. playing against opponents that, that, that finishing final touch, ability yeah. would be there. And she's the only attacker that had a finishing chance, a touch of any kind. Well, I think Morgan late, right? That was one of our conversations in the media tribune last night was, I mean, when things started to really feel like they were going sideways later into that second half after Megan Rapinoe had come in, it felt like the team was also just kind of like Megan Rapinoe and Alex Morgan were almost kind of doing like a, we'll do it ourselves kind Mm -hmm. of energy. And Morgan had multiple looks. I think she finished with like six chances in some form or another, yeah. and and none of them came to fruition. And you it's know, hard I, to say there were chances though. Like you said, like someone with like Alex yeah. Morgan, that they would have been chances if she had converted them. But there's something there in the finishing that just yeah that wasn't there for her. Yeah. And it's kind of questioning why it's not there. Though you made a good point. Is like she has spent a lot of the build up to this having that not be her role. role. Yep. And so to have to, and this is, I guess this is a question, a good question for you too, is like, I, I've seen a lot of criticism for Vlaco being, there doesn't seem to be a plan, which is contradictory to everything that we hear about him, which is he is detail oriented. Yes. He is very much tactical. He has those plans. And so I guess where's the disconnect there? Because like, yeah, it, I, the criticism, and I think it's fair is, the plan well, doesn't exist. Literally, last night after the game, I had a European reporter go like, "What is the plan?" And I was like, "I don't like. I don't. I can't. I can't try to guess at it. Right? Like that." Do you think there is no plan? No, I don't like because also you have Kelly O'Hara, right? Who I think everyone right now is looking at. Of she stepped up as a leader last night, right? Like we're getting that kind of knee jerk reaction of like, well, make Kelly coach, make Pino coach fly in Becky Sauerbrunn and make her coach, right. Like there is that knee jerk, like a change has to happen, which I get, but Kelly last night in the mix zone for all of her comments, right. Which were very pointed. And, and we saw her immediately go to comfort Roosevelt. We saw her speaking in the huddle after the game, like she has stepped up as a leader, but also last night she said, I believe in the coaching staff. I believe in their plans. I believe in, the plan that they present us because I think she got a question about like, how does this team even come out against Sweden? And she's like, I, I don't, I want to see the plan. Like, I do wonder though, and this is like, I do wonder if it's hard, it's hard for me knowing and hearing what all of the players have said prior to the disaster about his detail, about black Lindenowski being so detailed to really truly believe this man has no plan. Like, I just it's like hard I, to believe, but at the same time, you wonder if the thing that Kelly's saying is to create a united, uh, a united front. Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's always an element of the players are absolutely going through that mix zone, trying to minimize any narrative, right? <laughs> of of just you're not going to catch us, right? Like yeah. you're not going to catch us turning on each other or turning on our coach or like yeah. we have to present a United and, and there was a clear theme right yeah. coming through. And I think it was exactly what Kelly O'Hara had said in the huddle of like the game is behind us. Now we have survived. We have advanced. It's a world cup. 
we move on. And that's what you have to focus. And for the players, I think that is what they have to focus on. Like you have to present that United front and they do have to like circle the wagons and use the energy around the team in a way that is productive, which I mean, this is again, why they're elite athletes and I'm not. Cause I would just be like, cool, I'm going to go home now. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> um, but there is, I mean, there has to be a plan. There has to be a plan, but the question is, does the plan first of all, get communicated in a way where every single player can execute. Second of all, is there a plan is there like too much of a rigidity to the plan and Mm. not enough adjustment, which I think has been a major problem because I think we have seen from the U S that they have really committed to the four, three, three, and that is not working the way that it is designed right now. And that if they even slid into the four, two, three, one for just like a hot second, maybe you would see that there's, that progresses the ball in a different fashion and you're not literally relying on Crystal Dunn constantly pulling central. It also opens up opportunities in the midfield, which might be needed, and this is going too far ahead, but against Sweden, if if that opens up, if you change that formation for Ashley Sanchez to come in, which without Roosevelt because of the two yellow cards, you can't play the 4-3-3. It's like, it's not... I don't, th- I don't think that's going to be effective against Sweden. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's a question for the next podcast, right? Yeah, of just yeah, like, yeah. do you actually, do you make that call? But th- I, I think that there's another part to it too, because it's not just tactics or a lack of execution of the tactics, or they are executing the tactics, but the, I, like, I can't even describe it. But I think that there's also this just strange, hesitance lack of confidence vibe happening where in Alex Morgan, I thought this was the best comment of the night where she just was like, we aren't holding our defensive shape for more than three or four seconds. Like they're not stringing passes together past like literally, I don't think they've hit double digits in passing like a passing sequence. And that to me is like, that to me is maybe there is an underlying reason from tactics of, the plan is bad, and thus we're seeing it in those kind of symptoms on the field. But that, to me, also comes down to execution. Yeah. Like, Lindsey Horan was playing so scared last night to not And get- also wide. Like, let's be... She's <laughs> supposed to be central for the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and... Yeah, she, she was so... She was... Wide. She was on our touchline, like literally way too often yeah. for someone who's supposed to be in this literal yeah. center of the field. And that's, I think that also, like you're saying, came across in the passing networks. We, we saw the, on the, on Twitter, the comparison between literally, I pulled up the passing network in the, the press conference room after the press conference and showed it to Emily my, my and like dropped <laughs> <laughs> because, because from that picture, like Portugal, obviously like had the entire net, of coverage in the midfield. Yeah. And I think there was three different teeny tiny pockets in three very different spots of passing networks for the US. Yeah. And a lot of that, like again, some of that comes from the the plan from Vlaco is that Lindsay Horan needs to be central midfielder, center of the field, connecting things. And she just has this tendency to drift wide. And when she drifts wide, that like things have broken down. Yeah. And it's not just I wouldn't say that's like Oh, that's the solution. No, because it's saying, not just one. There no. is no one solution. That's for this just team what right was now. happening yeah. in that specific yeah. situation, and yeah. 
yeah, I think both defensively and then just in general, the midfield, in addition to just not connecting passes, is they were getting dispossessed and they were turning the ball over. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like not connecting a pass. Yeah. In certain cases, it was actively turning the ball over. Yes. Which was a whole nother issue that came into the press that Portugal had and and their ability to kind of get those some of those breakaways, including the one in the in stoppage time. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah. I mean, there is no, uh, this is the thing, right? Of before the Portugal game, Megan Rapinoe comes out, talks to the media and says, we think it's simple fixes. <laughs> and then you watch that game against Portugal. And I mean, to me, for games I have been at in person, that was easily the worst performance I've ever seen from that team. And I've seen them lose too. Yeah. Right? Like I've seen them lose games and that was still the worst game I think I've ever seen them play. And it reminded me a lot of the game from last fall against Spain, right? Mm -hmm. Where they did have that three game losing sequence. Again, I think we don't use the context around those three games properly enough, but if there was one game of those three that was actually like deeply, deeply, deeply concerning, it was getting absolutely friggin' smacked yeah. by Spain. And that was very much our reflection. And I think you still have to have it in the context of like, listen, the Yates report had just come out. We have all those emotions in London. It's the second game. Players are tired. They're done. Like all of that is a factor, but just the comp like the identity of this team is just a mystery right now i mean i think like, it's a factor for that game obviously but we've seen some the reason you bring it up is you saw some similarities from that to what was what we've seen of the last three games yeah. in general and so that's the issue is it's right. like no don't look at like okay they didn't perform against spain that's like the downfall it's like there are things in that game that out of the context out of the situation of yeah. everything that was going on are still continuing it's just that lack of and and this is the tough thing because the lack of connection is an easy thing to be like, oh, they look we like they look like garbage, right? Yeah. But to try to pin down the actual like root cause of why they look like garbage, there is no just one like reason for it. Period. And again, part of it I think comes from the fact that we have shifted away from like the team does not spend as much time together. Yeah. You're relying more on club play. Like you're relying more on hoping that connections and club carry over to the national team, right? Like, I feel like that has been kind of a major storyline of, oh, these players are playing together and that's going to help. And like that hasn't carried over yeah. in any way. I also think we are going to have to ask bigger questions about the, the tactics of NWL teams. And if they are at the level of other pro leagues, but also, how they are preparing U.S. players to play together. Yeah. Because the NWSL has not ever had the reputation of being the most sophisticated tactical league ever, right? Like, right. it's not. It's it's super not. It is a transitional league. That's fair to say. 
But are we ever going to see like a real push for more tactical play? Everybody comes in and talks a big game. We're going to, we're going to play beautiful soccer. We're going to possess the ball. We're going to move it out of the back. And then, I mean, that's a bigger existential question that's going to be for a podcast down the, the line for sure. But the question is like, can the NWSL make that change? Yeah. Or, or do, is there a divorce between the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team, and they have to, and the and the U.S. Soccer just has to start looking somewhere else? I mean, that's a bigger question for dominoes yeah. that have yet to fall. Yeah. But it, it then becomes that question. I think the interesting point too that you made in one of your stories that went up uh, yesterday is uh, the youth development. Yeah. And the fact that, yes, all of these have come through the youth national team. There's been a string of just poor performances at the U17, U20 World Cups. But there's also, pair that with a quote-unquote general de- generation divide that has been constantly brought up in in, in media availabilities throughout this tournament yep. as, how is this a good thing? How is this positive? How have the veterans been helping the, the newbies? Like, how has that yep. mix been going? And I think what we saw on yesterday yeah. <laughs> whatever day it is um against what we saw against portugal yeah. is the fact that it's on the field it was a problem in the fact that when they needed to go to plan b yeah. if there was a plan let's say let's for the sake of this say that there was a plan it was megan and alex yeah. Pino and morgan reverting to something that they have done together yes. and the rest of the forwards who were not part of those teams getting <laughs> lost behind and yeah. then, like you said, having to do Trinity's the, over here doing no her, idea like, what to do. Yeah. And the two of them yeah. are like, well, we know how to do it. So we're going to go because that that overlap isn't actually there. And right. the, and like you're saying, because they haven't spent all of these camps together and they're at different places in the NWSL and there's not that consistent tactical influence from team to team, there's a breakdown. Yeah. And some of it does come to the generational part of it, which I yeah. think is an easy thing to like point at yeah but in this situation like especially with how much it has been asked of all of the players of how great it is and how much wisdom they're parting yeah. like how much of that is being considered on the tactical field how much of their experience in on the world stage with different coaches whether it's you know 2019 or or before influences what these younger players do yeah. and how they play and it's yeah. just like it's when i think they all and again, and assuming there's a plan, we're giving that the benefit of the doubt. Assuming there's a plan A, I think they all know what that is. But when it doesn't work, they all have separate plan Bs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make an F1 reference here. <laughs> but big Ferrari vibes. <laughs> not in a good way. I say this as a Ferrari fan, not in a good way. Can you it's explain like, that a little bit? Of just, I mean, but all, I, I think to your point, like, for every every team has a race strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And so you go into a race saying plan A is XYZ, right? Like you have X number of pit stops. We're going to try to undercut this driver, whatever it is. And it, with Ferrari in particular, first of all, it's just pure pain. But second of all, it's Carlos Sainz on the radio being like, no, I don't agree with the strat. Like we have to do this instead, right? Like mid-race. literally mid-race yeah. arguing for a different strategy live on the radio yeah right like that's the vibe right now so it is particularly painful for me to watch but like it is also just 
there there has been a breakdown at the coaching level. Yeah. And that has been clear, right? And I think, you know, it's hard because I think we're never going to be as reactionary, right, as people would want us to be. And I think that's also just, that's part of it. Like, at this point, I don't see any path forward for Vlako Andonovsky after this tournament. His contract is up after this tournament. I, it feels impossible. Yeah. Right. Even if they win at this point, the vulnerability of this team, again, the lack of any sort of easily understandable plan from the outside. When you think about the way that we've watched England change tactics and succeed despite the loss of their and to be fair, it's still early for them in this tournament. It's still early they for have everyone. Just as many- Injuries yes. to key players, too. Like, yes. Let's keep that in mind. Um, but when you think about Japan's approach to this tournament, right, and also, again, their investment into and the, the youth, youth, right, the pro- the approach to the program in general. Um, but the thing that I kind of keep thinking about is, like, the calls for Andonovsky to exit are going to be multiple. Yeah. But for me, the program just needs a full reset. And that means also Kate Markgraf, who I think has done a lot for this program. But like, this is the thing that I think we've seen on the men's national team side. And to be fair, I try to avoid as much of that discourse as I humanly can. But at some point, you just literally need new people to come in with new ideas and figure out, okay, the next step has to be taken. Yeah, I kind of think of it like now we're in metaphors of that scene in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he is like has his one, two or three. I think it's the first one Okay, where he has his webs on either side of the subway holding on oh, yeah, to keep the subway yeah, yeah. train from That's going off the tracks. One, I think I it's think. one. Yeah. And just like, it's just a very vivid, like his, his u- uniform, his Kate, his, <laughs> super suit yeah is ripping apart yeah his like his you can like almost feel like every muscle in his body is holding on to that train yeah and that's kind of what it feels like in the situation of like holding on to and again it's kind of a tired narrative but it fits of holding on to these experienced players that still to be fair, know how to win. We yep. have seen it at club level. Alex Morganstone knows how to score. We saw it with the wave. We, um, you know, Megan Rapino when she's healthy, can still do it. We've seen this before. But yep. holding on to those players who were part of 2019, who are left over, who are still on the team, not many of them, while also trying to hold on to this this new way of thinking and this competitive, like, these other nations are catching up because they're investing in their youth. They're investing in their competition. And you have that, you have a really good, like initial talent pool to work with. Yep. You've got, so yeah, there's no lack of talent. Yeah. But it's holding on and, and it's, those two are never going to come together and connect. And so right now it just feels like the U S and the national team is the Spider-Man trying to hold (laughs) everything together. And like you're saying, it's time to like, kind of let it go. And, and sh- shift in whatever form, I'm not calling, I mean, obviously Megan Rapino is retiring, but like shift in whatever form that needs to be. And I think it was interesting because Megan Rapino said part of her job this tournament is to pass the blueprint on. Yep. But I think, I think you might agree, like 
that blueprint needs to get torn up. And it there's wisdom to be passed along, but they need to draw a new one. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, and where I think we're now starting to skew to is this culture talk, right? And like, there's no avoiding it because Carly Lloyd has completely derailed a lot of the conversation today where yeah. we should be talking about tactics and coaching and all of this kind of stuff. And instead we're talking about are players allowed to smile after a match where they do actually advance into the knockout stages of the world. Like it's just not, yeah. it's not a productive conversation, but I also, again, to point back to something like the recap show, I think about what Lauren holiday and Tobin Heath were talking about in terms of culture of that team and going from a culture that really valued winning, maybe at the expense of players' mental health, yeah, to whatever we're at now. And like it's I think it's really hard to give up that culture because again, the expectation is winning. The expectation is winning at any it's also cost. American like, culture. Like let's yes, not like yeah, yeah. you can't ignore it's like a national identity yes, too. A hundred percent makes it different. A hundred it's a civic religion <laughs> of winning, right? But there is, I think, something I mean it's really hard to put any stock into those post game comments because again, I don't think this is a mentality issue, right? No, all of these players, again, like the problem is, is all of these players individually want to win more than anything. Like that is, that is part of this team's DNA. How you harness that is where the breakdown is. And that is not anything to do with the player's mentality or how much they want to win or if they're smiling or if they have their own personal brands or what, like you need all of this stuff to feed into each other. And that like, but the breakdown is how you are harnessing that desire to win and knowing that other teams aren't afraid. I mean, like I think about the Portuguese coaches comments post game and he was just, it's gone. Like there was those no days fear. There, those days no fear are gone. His his the comment that I said. I think it because it was just one of the most poignant ones about. I was immediately thinking, what do we do to retaliate? He wasn't thinking. He wasn't scared. No, it wasn't he, like it was yeah. a. It was a. Yeah. And there yeah. is some history between the two coaches, so that might be play into it a little bit. But still, he wasn't playing scared in the sense of like. I don't even think his tactic would have been to bunker. Like, no, it would. It, it, it was this it's whole to like, like go right back down. It was a. It was yeah. like I'm still in the game. Yeah, I need to figure out. Like he was thinking two steps ahead instead of being like, oh, we got to go. Wow, that's yeah, that's amazing. And so yeah, it's I, not reactionary. No, and so yeah. like yeah, nobody's gonna be just afraid of the U.S. and that's okay. Like let's. Stop, I mean, it's good. Let's stop saying nobody's afraid of the U.S. as a bad thing and say. What does the U.S. need to do without that element? That crutch? Yeah, and yeah, that's a good word. And yeah. so, like the the point about being the the mentality issue too. I think the mentality loops in with the tactics of like we're seeing. There's a lot of individualistic concepts, and in, in in some situations, both tactically and mentally, it's a good thing. And others, there needs to be that collective that's not there anymore. I think it's really unique, and like I'm so happy, like with the Nike ads and in general this tournament. We are seeing what has always been there, which is the there's personality and there yep. is there is an individual like these players are more than there to inspire you. They're 
crazy, they're villains, they're, yeah. you know, they're quiet, they're, they're confident. Like there's all these different personalities. And I think that goes into the mentality of like Sophia Smith's going to handle a win or a loss different than Naomi Grimm is going to do it. Yeah. The point is what is the overarching message from the leader on the team that pulls those mentalities together that complement each other instead of pulling them into you have 23 people feeling 20 different things and there's no way to bring it together. And yeah. I think that's part of it too. All right. <laughs> I feel like we've only talked about 1% of what we could be talking about. Um, the team will stay in Auckland for a couple more days, fly to Melbourne, play in what is almost certainly going to be a match against Sweden, but we don't know that yet. But I feel like every player yesterday was just like, we're playing against Sweden. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, no Rose Lavelle. Yeah. I mean, what's funny is I feel like a lot of conversations I've had this morning is the U.S. is just going to go in pure FU mode and win out of spite. Like, pure, pure spite. But the th the question is, do they all have that? Yeah. Like, that have they? Because they haven't all experienced. This is the first test of that. None of, like, this team as a collective has not experienced that. You have players on the team that absolutely have, that we yeah. know tried and true. That's what we expect. This is the first time that we are seeing collectively this specific group have to turn that on. And it will be interesting to see do they have it? Yeah. And that's not a lack of mentality. That's a, is the that collective message still does it work that, yeah, yeah does it work does it still work yep all right well we'll be back from from melbourne at some point before the next match um yeah the adventure the adventure continues <laughs> that's all we got the adventure continues until next time <laughs>